Have you heard you can listen to your favorite news podcasts ad-free? Good news. With Amazon Music, you have access to the largest catalog of ad-free top podcasts included with your Prime membership. To start listening, download the Amazon Music app or visit amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free and catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. You are listening to Red Carpet Rendezvous with your host, Lauren Conlon. Hey guys, and welcome to Red Carpet Rendezvous. I'm your host, Lauren Conlon. I hope everyone is holding up during week seven or eight or whatever we're on of quarantine. Um, Okay, so for all you movie buffs out there, the Tribeca Film Festival obviously didn't happen this year, but they do have a portal, TribecaFilm.com, where you can watch a lot of the short films directly on the platform. And I watched this great 16-minute short film called Gets Good Light, and it was starring Jessica Pimentel and Katherine Curtin, both from Orange is the New Black. So I actually met Kathy Curtin earlier this year at the Big Apple Film Festival, and we totally hit it off. She's so, so cool. Um, So I texted her, and I told her how much I enjoyed this short film and that we should get on a Zoom call and catch up. And when we did, she actually told me that she had two other films that were supposed to be shown at Tribeca this year. Um, One of them was called Bad Education, and that was starring Hugh Jackman and Allison Janney, and that premiered on Saturday, April 25th on HBO, which now you can watch on demand. So in a minute, I'm going to play you guys part of my convo with Kathy, who I always say is the busiest actress around because she's literally in every single show you watch. Stranger Things, Homeland, Orange is the New Black, so many movies, um, and she's just busy. But you can get an inside look um, on how this pandemic affects actors as you listen to my convo with Kathy. Now, I also had the chance to speak with Jessica Pimentel, who I mentioned was in Gets Good Light, and she is just fantastic. She was Maria in Orange is the New Black, and I loved her so much in that series. She was one of my favorite characters, and she was scary as hell on that show. But I want you all to know that she is such a lovely human, nothing like her character at all, not scary. She's so nice. Um, but I can't wait for you to hear my convo with Jessica also. You'll probably learn some <laughs> things so about her that you didn't you? know. How but first, good? here's my girl, Kathy Curtin. I mean, you yeah, know. It's really, it's weird, right? I mean, I think we're, you know, yeah. if we're healthy, we're lucky, but it is a really, it's a hard time that we're in. I mean, it is yeah. really weird. It is and just I, so. I thought of you homeschooling your son. I was like, oh my gosh. Because I think, didn't you say he's 12 or something or? He's 14 and he, I'm just getting my tea. He, um, he's 14 and he, um, he's having a Spanish tutor right now because I can't do Spanish (laughs) because this is, this is hiding the pile of laundry. Okay. This is my pile (laughs) of laundry that is hiding that so that, you know, not lean on it. It's very, it's all multifunctional. Mm -hmm. So you're in the city still. you're in yeah, this, we didn't you? leave. Okay. So I, I fled to my parents in New Hampshire because my kids are really little oh. and they don't like, yeah. there's no way yeah. that I could keep them in the house. Like they're 18 months and three and a half mm-hmm. and like, there's no way. So like oh. right now they're, yeah, they're playing outside. So it's, it's nice, but it's like, you know, like I, I miss the city. I miss my life. I mean, 
but what can you do? Well, like your life is not here. Your life is you you would you would miss your life anyway, quite honestly, because mm-hmm. your life is not actually um, right. it's not really here. Right. There's nobody. There's nothing happening. There's nothing going on, and um, and it's sad. I mean, it's really yeah. sort of. I was talking to my sister yesterday. She's a native New Yorker, and she lives in London. And I was. She asked me about the city, and I, you know, I was telling her about it, and it just was. I think it was heartbreaking for her. You know, it's just sad. I mean, yeah. Right now, they're they're you know. So, um, I mean, we're here yeah. because. Um, you know, this is just really our apartment and, um, my family's home in New Jersey is full of millennials and I don't want to be around all the millennials. So, you know, because I'd end up, you know, being the chef chef for (gasps) millennials during COVID. So (laughs) I just, I just decided, we're all taking turns. Like my parents, like, and my sister and her husband are here too. So all of us, we each have a night for dinner. So it's like, we've kept it very fair, but I actually don't know how my mom and dad are doing it. Like keeping us all in their house. Like, like I said, I think we're all being very respectful, but it's still your space. It's your house. I know I would have already gone crazy, but Um, yeah, it's like you said, New York is not New York right now. I think like everybody is missing the Tribeca Film Festival this year. I mean, right? Oh my gosh. Yeah. Like now. Yeah. Honestly, this was the first year I've, I've been on a lot of festivals, you know, and I've gone to a lot of really fantastic festivals, but this was the first year that I had anything ever that, you know, like in the Tribeca Film Festival, I had two features and a short, and then the festival wasn't happening. And, you know, in the big picture, that, like, Happy. was meaningless. Oh, my gosh. That's such a bummer. In the little picture. Yeah, in the little picture, it's a bummer. I mean, you know, in the big picture, there's, like, you know, so many people with such bigger issues, you know, right now. So I, I you kind of have to be mm-hmm. grateful for every day. Right. But, you know, it, it does feel like, okay, wow, you know, I, I really would have loved that. And, you know, yeah. I think more than the festival, yeah, but I, I really think like more than the festival, quite honestly, I'm, I'm really missing social interaction. And I think right. the social interaction at the festival would have been so much fun. Yes, exactly. It would have mattered that I had films. <laughs> you know, I don't, I don't even need the films in the festival. I just want to go and like be around people and see people it's and have big, conversations. Like it's a big I, deal. I, I, I know nothing. You, you work what? so hard and it's, it's such a big deal to be in, you know, you're in three movies this year for the festival. And and this would have been my um, second year there, but my first time covering it alone. So I was excited for that. But yeah, I know it's like such a bummer, but it's like you said, it's in, in the grand scheme, it's not the worst thing, but you know what? It's still something and we're allowed to have something, you know, we're allowed to feel like this. So, yeah. you know, don't feel yeah. bad if, if, you know, you're a little bummed because you are allowed to be like, this sucks. Like it, it does. Well, so. it does suck. It does suck. And I was supposed to start, um, I was going to start shooting a film. Like right now, actually, I was supposed to go into rehearsal uh, beginning of May and then shoot uh, six weeks, May, June. Okay, tell me, tell me, because you are, sorry to interrupt you, you are like, you are a crazy busy actor. I always say you are one of the busiest actors that I've ever met. You on IMDb, I mean, you have like 14 upcoming projects. It's, you're always working. So, so <laughs> getting back to that, you were just about to start something. How, how has this yeah. seriously affected you and your work? 
Well, I mean, I have no work now. And I, I went from having like, I, um, I had a very good year, you know, last year, I, uh, in March, um, March 15th, the day that we went into, everybody went silent. Um, I had four days left on a feature that had to stop um, called um, 18 and a half. And I felt really badly for them because, you know, they had brought people in from LA, they had four days left to shoot and then they would have it in the can and then they could have just obviously spent this whole time editing, which would have been really lovely. Yeah. Um, so it's very expensive to stop shooting, right? And then to start shooting, to have to re-up that for four days. So that was really sad. So that's um, just an incomplete before, project at this point? Incomplete just... project. Oh. And then before that, I did get to finish. Um, I shot from um, October through um end of february i shot leads and five features in a row so wow. it was the most exhausting i was just like i was like obliterated i was just it was so tiring um that's you know, incredible so though I, it was really a fantastically um you know interesting and fertile time and i loved all of these projects and so i was really grateful but you know like like there was one day where I got home from one project that was shooting upstate. I got home at like noon and then I caught a six o'clock flight out of Newark to go to Minneapolis to shoot this other project. So oh it, then when I came home from the project in Minneapolis, I landed at two o'clock in the afternoon and then I was driven from the airport to set to start shooting at 7 p.m. that night. Wow. Um, That's so dedication. It, it, was, <laughs> it was just, I was just like, whoa, what is this? Is like, what? I mean, I don't know, you know, I'm, I, I think yeah. I'm a little like crazy because I, I do, I, I just like to work and I really, that's what I live, you know, besides my uh, family and my dog and it, my you know, it's your son and my husband. It's your livelihood. I mean, so it, what were you? Yeah, it is. It is my livelihood and it's just, it's also my soul. It's how I, you know, without work, I find, I find it very difficult. You know, my soul is, um, I think I love to live in my imagination. I think my soul loves to live in my imagination. I think that's the, you know, the, the one, you know, bridge between my soul and my, myself is that, you know, it's all about the imagination that that's where we like to be. And, um, so yeah. it, it's, it is, it, it's, it's hard when you're that person, like, you know, right now bankers are okay and tech people are okay. And yeah. the people that are struggling are the people that are the gig economy and the, you know, the people that they have to, the service economy that right. they do, you have to actually be there to do the job. You, you, you can't do the job without being there. Right. Um, so, um, yeah. And, uh, you know, but I think Netflix is apparently, uh, from what I've heard, they're going to try to start shooting again and they're going to shoot with people being six feet away from each other and I, I guess green that. screen it. And then they're going to put them together uh, by like a computer, you know, engineering thing. And so oh that's kind of exciting. And if Netflix leads the way with that, I wonder what they'll yeah, that'd be do. That's so interesting. Um, something you I said, don't know. Though, I do find it very inspiring um, just that you are so passionate about what you do because 
you know, you've been doing this for a while. So sometimes it can feel like a job, but it sounds like it's never really been a job to you. You just, you love it so much <laughs> that, that it's just, it's something that you're super passionate about. Well, I think it's, it's, I don't know if it's so much I'm passionate about it as this, I'm just sort of like crazy. And it's just the thing that it's like breathing to me, you know, it's not, I don't even necessarily think I'm any good at it. I just, it's just what I have to do in order to breathe and to feel like I'm breathing right. on the planet. And um, so it doesn't, I don't, it's not so much that like, I don't know if you'd say passionate as much as it is um, existentially necessary. Um, okay. Like I don't have a choice. So I think if I had a choice, uh, I would not choose this. I would have chosen some lovely, safe thing with like a 401k and, you know, <laughs> two weeks of vacation a year and, yeah. you know, all of the things that come with it. But this is actually, this quarantine is the longest time I've had without working since I've been in my, you know, college. So yeah. that's a while ago. So um, it feels strange and it, and it, and, and it's hard. And I, And maybe it's, and maybe this is something that's, that's good for us too. I mean, maybe we're all supposed to take. So tell me about the movie. Okay. Well, it, this, so bad education mm -hmm. was based on a true story. Okay. Um, I guess, I think it was in the nineties that, um, the controller and the principal of a school in Long Island basically fraudulently robbed this school of millions of dollars and hmm. this was considered i think number you know i don't know four in the nation uh rosalind high i believe so it 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 was a very like you don't get to be number four in the nation without a great deal of pride and ambition and very hard to do right very very right. difficult to do and so this was this amazing school and the pta was amazing and um the teachers were amazing and the kids very very difficult school and as it turns out, they, the school was being robbed blind by, its, by two people in the administration. And this is the unraveling of that. And it's really scarier than fixed your children yeah. to people. And you don't think you're entrusting them to like major thieving, right. racketeering. Oh my gosh. So... Yeah, so it's a true story. It's and it's brilliant. Okay, and like Hugh Jackman, oh! Allison Janney, like the okay. whole cast. It's okay. it's and the the writing, the directing. I mean, it's it's really uh, it's a great film. And so but it's Saturday night at eight on HBO. So if anybody wants oh. to cast that, oh great! I didn't realize that. Okay. I am yeah, I'm on the PTA. I'm. Uh, Love it, love it. Yeah, I'm I'm a PTA mom. I'm I'm, okay. I'm part of that that PTA that is so aggressive and um, you know, viciously okay. wanting to get to number one. Will do anything to get to number one, oh. and so blinded by ambition that can't see what's really happening. And of course, you know, when you're being robbed blind, there are signs yeah. along the way, right? Right. And nobody was seeing the signs because everybody was just focused on the fact that they, they had to get to be the number one school in the country and that that would affect their real estate values. And uh -huh. so uh, it's, this, it's this sort of incredible, like it's, it's almost 
uh, like a Greek um, myth, you know, it's, yeah. it's all about the foibles of, uh, and the vulnerability of ambition. And it's, it's really good. It's really, so really, really now. good. Now I have planned Saturday night. I'm so excited. Saturday night. Yeah, I know. So great. Um, <laughs> Me too. So, Me too. You know, but, I, um, I reached out to you because I watched get, gets good light. Um, I'm, you know, I'm on the Tribeca portal. Oh, it's, looking, it's so good, right? So good. And I knew I wanted to see it just from the description because I'm really into that. Um, but you were great. You know, you are, Aww. you're very good at law enforcement. I will say you are very believable. <laughs> at, you are, you know, when I'm watching you and I'm watching Jessica Pimentel, did you guys, did you guys talk during that? Sh you weren't in the same scenes, but I didn't you know. get to talk to her, but you know, um, I know her from RN. So yeah. I, that's, I didn't that's get to speak from that. You, but you didn't see her at all during that. No, no. Oh, but she's so lovely. She's so good. She's so talented. Yeah, no, she was, she was fantastic. Yeah. Was fantastic. And it's like, it's a really important story to share. Um, so yeah, people, yeah. I think people can watch it on the portal right now, but it's about 15 minutes long and you know, it's about, um, a couple or, or a man, I guess, and his family that are hiding out in this high rise apartment that his friend put him up at. They're hiding from ice because of a, a DUI that he got maybe 15 years ago. And apparently now he's a model yeah. citizen, but that is grounds to, you know, send, get him deported. Yeah. That's insane to me. So um, it's a really important film yeah. and I really liked it. And these shorts are so easy to watch. I think everybody should watch all of them, right? I mean, they're- They're, they're fun, so they're fun. Yeah. It's so much fun to watch shorts. It's like, yeah. it's like going to a 10 minute play festival. You know, if you don't like it, wait 10 minutes. You know, it's so, it's, it's so good. It's, and they're so creative. And I think Tribeca, you know, is very careful, obviously, in their selection process. Right. And right. so these are all very vetted artists. And, you know, the creative team on Get Good's Light, Gets Good Light is, is just sort of a top stellar, you know, amazing award-winning people. Yeah. This is, this is, this is no lightweight folk when it comes to storytelling and I think some people when you say short film they're like oh well no this is yeah. this these are great artists they, and they're they, so good mm -hmm. yeah and I think the short film um genre is actually an art in itself because yeah. in almost more difficult you know because in 15 minutes you have to have a beginning middle and end right and you you're delivering a full punch mm -hmm. in a very short amount of time so right. it's actually a brilliant form. And if you can do that well, I think you could probably do anything. So Kathy definitely opened up, which was nice. And it was just so great to catch up with her. I guarantee you're going to see her on TV with whatever you're watching right now. Okay, so on to Jessica Pimentel, who is actually quarantined in Sweden right now. She splits a lot of her time between New York and Sweden because her fiance is from Sweden. But I'll let you guys listen for yourself. And like I said, you may also hear some things you didn't know about her, like she plays heavy metal music. And also what I was going to say is I'm, I'm so interested in your personal life. I know we're not here to really talk about that, but I couldn't find anywhere like, you know, if you were married or if you were single or what. So I was like, Ooh, this is secret. But it's like you a Swedish fiance. I love it. Yes. So how did yes, you guys meet? How was, how did that come about? Uh, we met through mutual friends. Uh, we both okay. play heavy metal music. Um, actually the first time we met was like in 1998. 
like in a club in a basement. I was like teenager. I was so like afraid of him because he was just like this huge Viking, you know. Wow. <laughs> so yeah. I, I was like too scared to talk to him. But many years later, the world gave us a second uh, second chance, and so we met through some mutual friends. My friends were opening for his band, and uh, we just hit it off like friends. We had a great, wonderful, friendly conversation, and we we became friends. Um, and all our friends are friends, so it's inevitable that we would be ended up in the same circles, you know, sooner yeah. or later. And uh, just uh, there was a point where we were both single at the same time, and he uh, made me an offer I couldn't refuse. <laughs> <laughs> so people, a lot of people don't know that you were a classical violinist and you played heavy metal music. Um, yep. They, you know, they think of you as this great actress on Orange Is the New Black, but mm -hmm. you know, you, I think. And correct me if I'm wrong, music seems to be your first love. Um, or, mm -hmm. It's yeah. where I started my, my creative outlet, so to speak. You know? Yeah, that's yeah. Where all, that's where it all began, so to speak. So everything mm -hmm. kind of comes out of there. I love your Instagram. When I, you know, I watched you play violin and I was like, oh my gosh, she's so talented. So oh, if anybody doesn't follow you on Instagram, they should. You are at the Crusher 007. Um, and you can see all your music. And you're also... Um, the host of a heavy metal, uh, heavy metal radio show, right? Called Yes, I am crushing yes. metal every Wednesday. Give me radio. Yes. yes I love radio. It. Okay. So what's, what's that all about? Give me radio is a new streaming platform that we've launched. Um, right now, uh, it, in the beginning, it was just heavy metal. We found that the people who love metal are the most loyal and the most open to kind of try new things. And they're always looking for a new outlet. And, and, uh, something about give me radio that's so special is that, it's not just streaming radio like you have some algorithm that kind of plays stuff for you based on what other people play in your location kind of thing. It's based on, um, we have DJs that are kind of like the best in the business, people who have been touring for a hundred years or, or uh, people that are kind of like experts in a certain genre or subgenre within the genre. And every week they come up with playlists for you. They're either their favorite songs or things they, they might come up with a theme or sometimes it'll just be new releases which is amazing. So you have this curated list, like Dave Mustaine, the singer of, of Megadeth is gonna make his playlist for you. But not only will Dave make it for you, he'll also be there chatting in a chat room with you at the same time as you're listening to it. So not only do you get to like hear these people's favorite tunes, but then you right. also get to uh, interact with like your heroes, which is something okay. really, really special. And, and you I get to interact with each other. And what we're finding is more and more like they care even less that we're there. And, and everyone's just, just made all these friendships and, and like they meet up outside of, of you right. know, the chat room, they meet up in real life. Because yes. sometimes, you know, people are metalheads, they're kind of lonely, they don't have any friends, they don't know anyone else that likes their music. But then they'll find someone that lives kind of close by and meet them at the show. And then they become fast friends. And it's really, really so cool. That is so really I, I love cool. it. I love how that's happening now. Like celebrities going on Instagram live and having just, you know, regular fans join in on their Instagram live. It's like, it's, yeah, it's like all day. It's like all day. The phone is like, this person's going live. This person's just like nuts. It's yeah, great. I know. I know. It's so cool though. I think it's so, it's just so much fun. Um, and it's, I think it's important just for public figures and celebrities to do stuff like that right now, because mm -hmm. it just shows that we're all in the same boat. And I'm, I'm so sick of people being like, we're all in this together, but like, whatever, <laughs> it's, it's true. It's like everybody's sitting at home and, and it's true. Um, but yep. What's that? Everyone's home, bored, doing the same things as you. Absolutely. Exactly. Just side note, have you heard of the band Incendiary? 
It's a heavy metal band. Incendiary. I think I have. They're kind of like a, is a singer like scree screamy? Like scream yeah, it, it's heavy metal. But this guy that I used to work with for a long time, he's um he plays. I think the the guitar, and he's the lead singer, and or he's one of the singers in the band. But his name is Brian. And anyway, he's yeah. That's so. That's so, sorry. I'm just trying to be like relate right now because it's the only heavy <laughs> metal band that. I <laughs> that's okay there are so many heavy metal bands and i think a lot of metalheads are kind of into their own kind of niche of metal yeah so if it's outside yeah. of your niche you probably won't know the band even if they're like right. the most famous so well yeah and he's, i said i wanted to support him we worked together i was like i want to support you let me go to one of your concerts and he's like that's not the place for you i was like wait what do you mean it's not he's like he's it's a not. good friend <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so he said that it's just, it's a lot of moshing and people like get hurt if you don't know what you're doing or, right. kind of, you know, so I was like, okay, I'll, I'll take your word for it. Um, yeah, but you're smart. Yeah. <laughs> so let's talk about Gets Good Light because I'm getting um, a lot of emails about all the short films and the documentaries and everything that's happening in the Tribeca Film Festival this year. And I was super excited because it was going to be my first year covering it alone um, without George. I was going to do it on my own. And wow. um, so I was disappointed, but I think it's really cool what they're doing, um, sending things out to press to be able to cover this. Mm -hmm. And obviously there's a lot to watch. So, you know, I'm not watching everything, but I saw your film and I picked through it. I read the description and I read who was in it and I was like, okay, I have to watch this. And okay. It was so good. Um, I, I don't know if I said the title, but <laughs> that's good light. So I immediately emailed the PR person and I was like, I need to talk to Jessica. This is so oh, good. Awesome. Yeah. I was like, this is so good. And it's so powerful. Um, and I just think it's, it's an important piece for, for people to see. Would you agree with that? Absolutely. I mean, it's only 15, 16 minutes of your life and it's, uh, it's just so powerful The mm -hmm. just the way we begin, we're not sure where it goes. And then that, that promise at the end, you know, yes. that it's just heartbreaking. But this is like this little snapshot in a day or a couple of days of life. Just, it just hit right home and it, it gave you all the, the, the dark, the beautiful, the, the disastrous of a situation like this and so quickly and so efficiently and, and, and uh, so earnestly. Right. That, that's important. It's it's quick and it's efficient, like you said, but it also has the beginning, middle, and end that a short film yeah. can have. Um, so for people that haven't seen it um, and that are listening, it's it's about a couple, and it starts off in a scene. I'm not going to give it away, but it's about a couple. You don't know what's going on. There's clearly a problem, um, mm -hmm. and you kind of come to realize that uh, the husband and wife, the husband is in danger of being deported and they have a family. And um, the reason that he's being deported, it's it's not 100% clear at first. And then somebody says something in a different scene and it's just so minuscule and it's just so messed up. Um, when I heard that part, again, I don't want to give it away. And I was like, I, I said to, I don't even my dad, my husband, I was like, can they do that? And they're like, think so I guess they can I didn't realize that um yeah so yeah it's it's crazy and you are so good you're always such a talent you're so, oh, so thank you so much yeah you're so beautiful and your your presence on screen is so strong it's like you just you gravitate towards you um you know thank you. Thank you so yeah for sure and I actually I know Kathy Curtin from a couple yes. interviews so I texted her and I was like you know, do you want to talk about this movie? And so we talked about it last week. And oh, you did? Good. Yeah. I want to see it. Yeah. And so, yeah, I'll, I'm going to, so I'm going to put um, her, well, 
yeah, I'm editing this together so I can have sound bites from both of you guys about the film. She's one of the reasons why I wanted to do the film, actually, because I'm like, I want, I have to be in another thing with Kathy Curtin. She's so yes. awesome. I, she's one of, she's one of my favorite actresses. She's so like, on the money. She's so on point. So any project that she's in, I'd love to be in. Yeah, and I said, I'm like, you are law enforcement. You're really good at law enforcement. She's really good at it. <laughs> She's like the mom slash like the police officer or like something. Like so commanding, commanding presence. Yep. Yes. Every time I see her, she's just, she's just got that energy, yes. man. You can't even get around it. <laughs> it's so funny. Exactly. And I said, did you get to see Jessica at all during this? And she's like, it's so funny because we didn't get to see each other because we weren't in the same scenes. And I'm like, you didn't, like, how do they, I guess they, they sh how many days did it take for you guys to shoot this? Oh, I'm not sure how many days it took. I only shot for two days. Two days. And I think okay. the, the first day was the car scene. And that uh, was it, in and out. And then the next day was all the other scenes. Okay, okay, yeah. Okay, that makes sense. Because I said maybe they, you know, I don't know if they crossed over. Catherine Curran and I have never been in the same room. No, that's not true. We've no, never, I like, seen each other at work. We've been in now two or, two or three projects yeah. together. And we've never seen each other at work. Wait, hold on. In Orange is the New Black, you guys weren't in the we same I cannot recall a scene that she and I were in. Or if we were, we never spoke to each other in the scene. That is so funny. I'm sure there's some orange nerd out there that has every scene memorized. If you find a scene, let me know because yeah. like Uzo and I never spoke in a scene together. Like so many people, we've been in the same boat for seven years and oh, never right. ever, we never spoke to each other, never had a scene together. I didn't even think so about crazy. that. That's yeah. mind blowing actually, that there's yeah. certain people that you were on this show and you guys you know, you all appear to be so close in every single scene, but some, wow, that's so funny. Wow, yeah. that's, oh my gosh. So, well, going to Orange is the New Black, I was thinking about it the other day, and in my opinion, Orange is the New Black is kind of what helped make Netflix Netflix. And, and this is all opinion-based, but this was the first show that was streaming that kind of people were like, wait, Netflix? Did this? Mm -hmm. This is a really good show. And then <laughs> Netflix totally blew up. Right? I mean, I I thought about that and I was like, this is why I wonder I miss this show so so much. <laughs> I mean, I, I would imagine, do you miss it? Of course. I mean, there's there's good and bad with everything. We did it for so many years that it was kind of time to let go. I think for all of us, seven years is a long time to be in that dark place. Like we were in a really well, some of us. Some of us were really in a comedy. But most of us were yeah. in a really dark place. And there's only so long that you can kind of keep going with that darkness before it just gets to be like overbearing. Mm. So uh, I think we are all very happy with the way we left our ladies. I think every lady right. got a, like a, a proper ending. Whether you like the ending or not is not the key. Yeah. But I think every every arc was completely full and resolved in one way or another and we really did our ladies justice. You know, we did those characters justice. And I think I it agree was with a that. great place to end it. It's interesting you say that just about the darkness, because as you know, most of us are not actors. I think a lot mm -hmm. of us forget that how seriously actors take these roles and, and you know, people like Heath Ledger who took it so seriously <laughs> that it was, it ended up, you know, being his demise. Um, so do you, are you a, an actor, I guess, that sort of, as you're filming, you, you 
can't really turn it off or do you have the ability to sort of turn it off when you go? It depends on the scene, but usually when it's a heavy scene, I, I, it's very hard to turn on and off those heavy emotions. So if you're at the scene where you're, you have to cry, for example, if there's a death scene or something where you really have to go to a heavy emotional place, it's kind of hard to like, you know, Hey Mike, how you doing? (laughs) Hey, how's your kids? How was soccer last week? Like it's, 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 it's a lack of concentration. It doesn't help your performance. Some scenes you can absolutely do that. If it's a comedy scene or there's a large group of people, if it's a kind of everyday interaction type, nothing like too heavy emotionally. But the days where I really do need an emotional day, I start from the moment I walk into the dressing room and I won't, I won't quit. And I'm not saying that I'm like one of those people that also stay in character because there are some people that choose to stay in character the entire time. I can slip out of it, but I choose to keep that emotional life strong, strongly. Yeah. So I may choose to separate myself from everyone. So Maria basically spent seven years in a corner, you know, like during lunch, during, you know, breaks and stuff, because I'd almost all my scenes were always like kind of some, the world coming down situation. Yes. You did not so was, have easy on that show. You, I, I mean, there's probably like a handful of scenes that you had pleasant scenes, I would say. Yeah, I think you were definitely one of those. Yes. That, oh my gosh. You're so right. Your character actually had it pretty much the, right? The worst. I, I mean, time. <laughs> I mean, how, that is, that literally is the worst. I, I mean, everyone thinks that everyone thinks their life is the worst, but from my point of view, Maria had it the worst, but I'm sure everyone yeah. else thinks they had it the worst. But I mean, Maria did go through so much garbage, you know? So <laughs> much. And I think about that. And I remember the scene that she got the extra time and you just want to cry for her. And, and you want to cry for her because, and again, it's like not, it's not like saying, oh, mothers or whatever, but it's like she, she wanted to get out for her child. And so for her to, you know, to be turning around and, and, and I guess having her past creep up on her and, and this happening was, yeah, it was devastating. Oh my gosh. Like every time you think she's going to get ahead, it would be like, nope. I know. Nope. I mean, that was everyone. That was everyone. But yeah. When yeah, you see I, like how, stu- and you know, the funny thing was that for seven years, we had no idea why Maria was in there. Right. Nobody right. knew. Oh my no one gosh. Knew. Not only, not only, sorry, I was thinking okay. like sometimes. <laughs> not only did uh, I not know, not only did you not know, but yeah. the writers didn't know. And this, like, finally we figured it out at the very end kind of deal. And it was such a stupid fucking part of yeah. my friends. It's okay. Yeah, it's okay. Stupid fucking little nothing. I was like, oh, Maria must have snuggled, you know, smuggled some Dude, drugs. I don't, I don't remember. She must have beat the crap out of somebody. Shit, because she had that, you know, that one scene about, you know, you gotta yeah. go to the bank with a wood, metal bat, not the wooden yeah. bat. She has that scene, take some rebar, you know? You, you know, like she, she goes in there with that tough guy attitude, yeah. that one, yeah. one scene, season one or season two, season two, and talking about, you know, how to beat people up to her, yep. to her baby daddy. Yeah. And then, and, uh, and then it turns out that she's just selling counterfeit jeans in the mall to make like an extra 50 oh, bucks. Like, right. It was so stupid. Oh my God. So that's stupid. right. Wait, why? So did you, did you, um, kind of, are you not, I shouldn't say, are you allowed to, but did you kind of <laughs> express your disdain to the writers about this? Or kind no, of, because no. it's perfect because that's exactly why people, that's, that's exactly what happens. Yeah. One stupid mistake, one day, one stupid, like, 
yep. almost insignificant thing. Yes, you're and so you're, right. in, you're trapped in the system for five, ten years for something that is like a, something that should be a fine, Dumbest something that should ever. be probation. And yeah. now she's in like a max. She's like with murderers. Yeah, yeah. I can't see her kid has to fight for her life, almost gets killed. Yes, multiple extra time. times. Extra yeah. time. She's doing like 10 years for like a six month probation. Yeah, that's oh, completely- Let's not go back there. Yeah. No, sorry, I know. And I completely forgot about that. And actually, come to think about it, when I was 19, I'm pretty sure I bought those fake seven jeans on the street. Like, I'm, I'm sure you did. I'm sure we all did. Everybody did. It's so not a big deal. <laughs> Like, I don't know. It's like it's spelled wrong. The thing is spelled wrong. There's like yeah. rhinestones on it. Yeah, like, what? Oh, he's right. I, I don't know. Totally. One pocket won't open. Wow. Okay. We've all that's, been there. We've all been there. so interesting because I completely forgot about that. And now that I'm thinking about it, I'm like, you're right. It was the dumbest reason. And she had the toughest time, like, in the show. She had more um, time than, like, murderers. Yep. <laughs> yes. By the end of it. Yep, by the end. No, totally. Oh, it was so, so frustrating. So yeah. frustrating. And like whole life ruined and like everything just ruined. And and all I remember is when we did her first flashback that all she wanted to do was be a dental hygienist because she wanted to make people smile, give them beautiful yes. smiles. Right. Like, come on. I know. That's not a parting criminal. I know, and I, I do always remember the evolution of her, too, how she's, like, such a badass in the show, and she's, like, she's super scary. Like, she's, you know, she's kind of, like, you don't want to mess with her, obviously. I right. Mean, so, mm -hmm. but you're right. At the beginning, she was so much softer. It's very interesting. Um, so, speaking of that, I wanted to know how you deal with, like, so on Instagram, you had posted something about the movie and, you know, you have so many followers, right? You know, mm -hmm. you guys have just so many fans, so many followers, and everybody always has something to say. And somebody yeah. said something like, like, you know, Jessica, you've got that look like you're ready to beat someone's ass. Like, and you were so good about it. You were like, did you watch the movie or did you like, did you, did you just say that? It's like, how do you deal with all these trolls that just kind of, you know, oh, I don't care. Up. I mean, for the most part, people see what they want to see. Mm. You know, like you might put a picture, you're like, oh, that's not so pretty. People are like, gorgeous, fabulous, beautiful, <laughs> man, yeah. You're like, from around the world, you're like, oh, okay, I thought I looked crappy in that picture, but thank you, everyone. Like, that's so nice, because they see right. things in you that you may not see that day. Mm -hmm. But also people see, like, you might put a picture like this, and it could yeah. be like you're about to tell a joke, but they yeah. see tough guy, Maria, whatever. Um, I only, I really don't engage trolls too much. Sometimes mm -hmm. if, if someone's really off about what I'm doing, I might engage. Yeah. Uh, for example, right. I put a lot of pictures up of meditation and people are like, you're going to hell. Well, I don't know. And I try to convince them to, to some degree, my practice, you know, try to get them to see what I do. Cause uh, some people have their own very strong, moral religious beliefs and believe that being not christian or something like that means like you're doomed you're you're whatever and they want to tell me that on my page for some reason yeah, um, yeah. but not in a nice way but in a really mean way usually I'll, i might interact with someone like that but for the most yeah. part i'll just delete those i don't really stand for anything that when people cross the line like sexually harassing or or yeah. like purely insulting but it's another thing if you can have a discussion with someone that doesn't agree with you right but for the most part i just i don't really entertain it too much but you do read everything right i mean people assume sometimes that you have so many followers and so many comments that you might not read everything but you do 
Am I right? I like, do. I, I read yeah. a lot of it. Yeah. I mean, it, dep it depends. I mean, for the most part, I mean, I, I'm not one of those people that get a hundred thousand million comments. So it's very easy for me to acknowledge people that are being supportive. And because yeah. I think that's really nice. Cause I yeah. know I like it when people, you know, like if I, hi Mariah Carey's like, she liked my comment. Yay! Yeah. Yeah. You know, I feel the same way. So I know yeah. how nice that is to take a minute to just, you know, read your, read the com comments and give a little heart and say, Hey, I saw that. I see you. I saw you. Yeah. You know, and I think that yeah. means a lot to people. Cause it, I remember like being nervous to write to anyone, like shaking, like, like it's like you're texting them on their real phone, you know, like you're like, Oh my God, I'm so scared. <laughs> you're so funny. Oh my gosh. And you're but it's so true. right. But it's, but it's true. Cause you're like, is. Oh my God, she's going to say this. Yeah. No, <laughs> it's true. I think, I think people forget that a lot of the time, these trolls that like you guys read everything and it's like, just because you're a public figure doesn't mean that you're any different than anybody else. So like in no, the sense that you not. have feelings and, and you read this stuff and it's ridiculous. Of course though. you have feelings. I mean, there's times when you're like, you, you get a like review uh, after a red carpet, like we're stressed, bad stress, or like some people are just so mean, you know, no. and some people, but it, like at the same time, you'll have people that are so amazing at the same time. So it's like, yeah. Who I listen to? I don't know. So some days you just don't yeah, look yeah. anymore. You know but what? If, if someone ever called me the worst dress, I'd still be like, oh, I made it. Somebody's jealous. Yeah. I'd be like, you know what? Whatever. I'm, yeah, that would be the day. So yeah, I had to get used to that and get over that because you're like, you know, that happens sometimes and it's like, you're on a list. <laughs> you're on the list. <laughs> Relax. Yeah, right. Right. I, I hear you. So I, Quickly, I want to go off topic. Um, uh -huh. I, I love hearing about people's routines in quarantine, just with, you know, as females, we, you know, mm -hmm. we have skincare routines, we have things yes. that make us feel better about ourselves while we can't go get our, you know, my, our roots done or our hair cut or whatever. So what are you doing for self-care and just to, to make yourself- Self-care. Yeah, that's a great question. I just switched the camera to me to see what I'm avoiding heating products. So I have the nice natural wave. I'm embracing natural. I don't color my hair. So that's one less thing to worry about. But I did cut my hair a little bit today. Uh, trying to maintain your everyday routine. I noticed that if I have nowhere to go, I'm not doing my usual, you know, right. screw on the loveless stuff. But uh, I'm trying to at least every other day keep the keep that up because I notice a big difference as yeah. far as uh, I, my my daily clock hasn't changed that much I've always been a night person night owl so okay. we're home and we're up till about four or five every day and we sleep till we wake up kind of thing yeah. and our working hours are from like 1 p.m to about 9 p.m we give ourselves uh -huh. eight hour work day Okay. And also I'm six hours ahead of you. So my 1 PM is your 7 AM. Right. Right. So I'm right. still ahead of you. <laughs> wow. Yeah. I was so surprised to hear that you're in Sweden. That's so crazy. So, so yeah. Crazy. So this is like your noon, like noon, one o'clock yeah. now. So yeah. for me, it's almost six o'clock dinner time. So I'll be doing this for another like three hours. And then my, the days I have my radio shows from 9 PM to 11 PM here. So I stay up. Oh, wow. Handle that while I'm here. Uh, we've been trying to stretch and work out, but to be honest, it's yeah. just not happening. Yeah. And we're both cool with that. It's nice to have a partner that will embrace you and actually enjoys a little extra jiggly wiggly, maybe oh, a little too much. It. Oh my God. He likes it maybe a little too much. So I'm a little nervous yeah. about that. that I'm, yeah. Oh wait, you look great. I mean, you, Thank yeah. You. Thank you look you. great. My I pants hurt me this morning, but that's okay. <laughs> well, I don't put, I have yoga pants on. I haven't put on real pants in a very long I put on time. real pants just for you. 
Well, I'm so flattered. Um, what do you use on, on your skin? Because you do have a glow. It's very, it's a very beautiful glow. Just curious what you use. Thank you. I actually use products from Lift Lab. That's, uh, my go-to skincare routine. That's really like, uh, like the, you know, the dermatological scientific yeah. using Northern Norwegian, like herbs and spices and stuff like that. That's yeah. one line that I really, really love. But when I don't have that available to me, like in a pandemic, when you have to just like do what you can, yeah. uh, sulfur soap or sulfur with uh, salicylic acid. Okay. If you're feeling greasy, that helps like keep your pores down, keep the grease down, not too much, you know, breakouts to be a breakout person. And also coconut oil is good for your hair, for your skin, yeah. for your teeth, keeps your teeth white. Yeah. Uh, you that. Does it really yeah, just you put it on your teeth? You, you, you take like a little teaspoonful, yeah. put it in your mouth. I usually do it. Then I start making coffee Yeah, and then you swish it around, you okay. know, swish it around until you really can't hold it anymore. Cause your own saliva will start getting yeah. in there and then you yeah. just spit it out and it keeps your teeth really white. It also kills a lot of bacteria and viruses. So, which is great yeah. given the time, you know, because this whole area is the main entryway the for a lot maker. of those yes. the money makers the whole entryway for a lot of those things that's so interesting get in your throat and you so you can gargle with it as well that's um, a long time ago but i i need to start trying that i actually saw somebody online put these like magnetic lashes on and i'm like oh those oh, are yeah that's so cool yeah i ordered them i maybe i'm just not the type but i can't do, do it. it it looks I so think bad now it's like I think now's the perfect time to try little stupid shit that makes you happy. Because yeah. I saw those lashes too. I know exactly what you're talking about. Yes. They look so cool. I'm like, yes. I should order them. Do I really need them in a pandemic? You don't nope. need anything. Nope. You don't need anything yes. right now. You have four, four walls, a roof, and like some clothing. That's all you need. And some yes. food. Yep. Everything else is extra. So if there's something that you can do, if you're feeling down, if you're feeling stressed, they can give you a little joy, like go for it. If you yeah. have the $5 or $10, mm -hmm. like just do it. Just yeah. That was my thinking. I just wanted to feel cuter with some lashes, but I, I picked them up. I'm not the type to like be able to put, it just was a mess. I was like, no. Nope. I think those would be good though. Cause they don't have the glue. You don't have to, they just like, it's so easy to take yeah. off. If you mess it up, it's no, magnet. No, with like this liner though. And I think. Oh I yeah. The magnetic liner. liner. I know which ones you're talking yeah, about. It's, it, they're a little, I don't know. I, somebody put them on and they looked so good. And I think I just need more patience. I don't have the patience to like. You, you just know, have to practice but, like all things in life. Yeah. Practice, practice, yeah. practice. Exactly, exactly. But Jessica, this is so great. I am so honored to talk to you. SAG Award winner, classical violinist, actress. I mean, you know, metal musician. You you really do it all. And I'm I'm seriously rooting for you and your career. And I really enjoy watching you. Yeah, and and I really enjoy watching what you do. So, um, oh, where can people watch Gets Good Light right now? Right now, I think it's the on the portal or just on the portal for Tribeca. I think you have to. I'm just not positive. I'll find out. I'm not um, positive either, so yeah. I don't want to tell anybody. Yeah, no, no, no. I'll I'll figure it out from the um public relations person if they have like a link that they can blast out to everybody. Right. And um, because people should watch it, like you said, it's 15 minutes. Um, it's, it's 15 this minutes year. of your life. Yep. Yes, and it's 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 a really really cool important film, and Jessica's in it, and Kate Curtin is in it, um, and there's an, a couple other great guys. Edmund Coffey, I'd never heard of him yep. before. He's he's, he's awesome. Um, but yeah, so thank you so much for this. Thank this, you. This thank was you. Wonderful. Um. 
Jessica's so much fun, right? And like I said, she's nothing like her character Maria on Orange is the New Black. So you guys can go on TribecaFilm.com to see Gets Good Light and head to your video on demand platform to watch Kathy in Bad Education. And actually, there was another film that we discussed offline called Blush. And Kathy's in that. And that also stars Wendy um, McClendon Covey, who's so funny. You guys might remember her from Bridesmaids and a lot of other movies. But um, okay, guys, I hope you like this episode. Thanks for listening. Don't forget to rate and subscribe this podcast on Apple. Until next time. Thanks for listening to Red Carpet Rendezvous. Until next time. Until next time.